0: Hi there, this is John from the FreeGiftFromGod.com podcast and I'm continuing on with the topics that I've been looking at over the last few weeks. I'm looking at the fruits of the Spirit as defined in Galatians chapter 6 and I'm looking now at the fourth of these fruits which is patience. Now it's easy to lose patience while we wait for the coming of the Lord. We suffer, we get sick, we pray and sometimes we don't get the answers that we want and so on. But we've been called to be patient, to wait and watch and to be prepared to endure all things for the sake of Christ. So this session is going to focus on the need for patience and what it means to patiently endure for the sake of Christ. So my objectives for this session are, firstly, to learn a little bit more about the need for patience as a Christian. Uh, Secondly, to understand the application of patience in our life. And third, to see what the rewards of patience are for those who practice it. The first scripture I want to have a look at is in Romans chapter 8, and I'm reading from verses 18 down to 27. I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not of its own will, but by the will of him who subjected it in hope because the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to decay and obtain the glorious liberty of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning in travail together until now, and not only the creation, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we wait for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope, for who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. And likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know how to pray as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with sighs too deep for words. And he who searches the hearts of men knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Now, here we see this is a good section on patience in in a number of ways. In verse 25, we saw that point where it said, if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. Well, we can't see God. We can't see the Lord Jesus Christ. We can't see the eternal life that he has on offer for us. We can't see all of the blessings that he has for those who come to the Lord and who are to receive the inheritance of the sons of God. And so we have no choice but to wait for it with patience. Now, I don't know about you, but sometimes I'm a little bit impatient about uh, waiting for these things. But that's what we must do. We wait with it with patience. Now, the beauty of this, too, is he's got some other interesting examples in here. If we go back into verse 22 in that section, it says, We know that the whole creation has been groaning in travail together until now. Now that word travail is an interesting one because normally when that word is used, it's used for a woman who is going into labour, bearing a child. And when you think about that, when a child is first conceived, then there is a period of patience, patient endurance in the case of the woman, to wait until they actually have the child. There's a nine month wait in most cases. They do groan in travail while they're waiting, particularly in that period when they go into labor. And we know that some labors uh, in some women is quite long. Then they do, they groan, it's painful. They're in travail. They're in difficult times until the point in time when the child is born. And they receive the blessing of that child because they have been waiting for that as they've been waiting for it. And they wait for it with patience. And he goes on in verse 23 where he says not only the creation but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the spirit groan inwardly as we wait for adoption of sons the redemption of our bodies. And this is the other reason why we need patience because we are waiting for the Lord to adopt us as his children and to receive the blessings that he has. And the great thing about this when we go into verse 26 it talks about the need for patience and the need to wait patiently but he also gives us assistance because in verse 26 he says likewise the spirit helps us in our weakness now when we are waiting we're often weak we're often attacked and persecuted in this life we suffer we suffer with uh, weakness in our bodies illnesses and sicknesses we suffer and we as I said before we groan inwardly like a woman in travail but the spirit he gives us the holy spirit to help us in our weakened states because we don't know how to praise we ought we don't know how to overcome this problem of uh, a lack of patience and so the spirit gives us the ability to be able to endure so that we can wait patiently for the lord until he delivers us to his kingdom now the next scripture i want to go into and have a look at is in romans chapter 2 also and i'm reading from verse 6 down to 11 for he will render to every man according to his works to those who by patience in well doing seek for glory and honor and immortality he will give eternal life but for those who are factious and do not obey the truth, but obey wickedness, there will be wrath and fury. There will be tribulation and distress for every human being who does evil, the Jew first and also the Greek. But glory and honor and peace for everyone who does good, the Jew first and also the Greek. For God shows no partiality. Now, this is a, a great uh, scripture on the need for patience. And he says there, He will render to every person according to his works. That's how it starts. And then he says, to those who by patience in well-doing, that's those who are doing what's right and those who are doing what's good, to those who by patience in well-doing seek for glory and honor and immortality, he will give eternal life. And here is the blessing. Here is the reward for the patience that we have in waiting for the Lord. He will give eternal life to those who do what's right who do what's good, and who are seeking him. But then he goes on, he says, but for those who are factious and do not obey the truth, but obey wickedness, there will be wrath and fury. There will be tribulation and distress for every human being who does evil. And it doesn't matter who you are. He says the Jew first and also the Greek, but he's talking about every person on planet Earth. doesn't matter who you are. There will be tribulation and distress for those who do evil, but there will be the promise of eternal life for those who by doing what's right those who are well doing who are seeking for glory and honor and immortality there is the promise of eternal life the next scripture is over in the book of Revelation right at the end of the Bible and I'm going to read from verses 7 to 13 and to the angel of the church in Philadelphia write the words of the Holy One the true one who has the key of David who opens and no one shall shut who shuts and no one opens I know your works. Behold, I have set before you an open door, which no one is able to shut. I know that you have but little power, and yet you have kept my word and have not denied my name. Behold, I will make those of the synagogue of Satan who say that they are Jews and are not, but lie. Behold, I will make them come and bow down before your feet and learn that I have loved you. Because you have kept my word of patient endurance, I will keep you from the hour of trial which is coming on the whole world to try those who dwell upon the earth. I am coming soon. Hold fast what you have so that no one may seize your crown. He who conquers, I'll make him a pillar in the temple of my God. Never shall he go out of it. And I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down from my God out of heaven and my own new name. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. This section here in Revelation is talking about, uh, at the start of Revelation, there are these letters to seven churches and they're not just seven churches and they are seven types of churches and this last one is the church in philadelphia he's writing saying that these are the words of the holy one the true one who has the key of david who opens and no one shall shut who shuts and no one opens now that's christ jesus christ is that person that is speaking about there and he says i know your works so he knows about them he knows what they've been doing And he says, I've set before you an open door, which no one is able to shut. I know that you have little power, and yet you have kept my word and have not denied my name. These people were following Christ. They were following accurately. They were following and doing what the Lord required. And he says that, behold, I'll make those of the synagogue of Satan who say that they are Jews and are not, but lie. Behold, I will make them come and bow down before your feet and learn that I have loved you. And so he's going to make these people bow down before this church in Philadelphia, who is a Gentile church. And he said, because this is in verse 10, because you have kept my word of patient endurance, and that's the key, we are called to endure in this time. We are called to endure to the end. We are called to endure throughout our lifetime, and we must do it with patience. Now, endurance suggests hardship. It suggests difficulty, it suggests trials, tribulations, persecutions, and all of that sort of thing. And they are right. The writer here, who is John, the Apostle John, is correct. We do suffer all of those things in our lifetime. And so we need patience. We need to be able to endure patiently. And we have to wait. But he says, because you have kept my word of patient endurance, I will keep you from the hour of trial which is coming on the whole world to try those who dwell upon the earth. And that hour of trial, this is going to be the lead up to the time of judgment. All of the trials and tribulations that are described in the book of um, Revelation here and also in other places throughout the Bible, he's going to keep them from that. They will not have to go through those things. They will not have to suffer the things that the rest of the world suffers as uh, the time of judgment arrives because they kept his word of patient endurance. And those two go together. We must endure But we must endure in patience. Right, so the next scripture I want to have a look at is over in the book of Colossians, and I'm going to read from Colossians chapter 1, verses 9 to 14. And so from the day we heard of it, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, to lead a life worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. May you be strengthened with all power, according to his glorious might, for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. He has delivered us from the dominion of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Again, we see those two key things linked together, endurance and patience. In verse 11, he says, may you be strengthened with all power. And he is able to strengthen us with all power. The Lord gives us the Holy Spirit who has full access to all of the power of God to be able to strengthen us. He says may you be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for and this is the reason why we are to be strengthened with all power for all endurance and patience with joy now i spoke about joy in uh, the session i did last week and this is one of the reasons why we have patience we need uh, we need patience i should say to be able to endure and we do it with joy because we know the value of what it is that the Lord is going to give us. We we know what he is doing for us even now. We know that even now he takes away our concerns. When we hand our issues and our problems over to him, he takes away all of our concerns and all of our worries and all of our trials and troubles and tribulations and stresses and all of those things. We have the the ability in the Holy Spirit through walking in the Spirit to be able to give all of those things to him, and so we have joy. And this is all part of this need for endurance and patience. And so we give thanks to the Father who has qualified us to share in the inheritance with the saints of light. Going on from there, I'm going to go over into Luke chapter 8 and I'm going to read from verses 9 to 15. And when his disciples asked him what this parable meant, he said to them, To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God, but for others they are in parables, so that seeing they may not see and hearing they may not understand. And before I go on, this is talking about the parable of the sower for anyone that's not familiar with it. Verse 11. Now the parable is this. The seed is the word of God. The ones along the path are those who have heard. Then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts that they may not believe and be saved. And the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear the word, receive it with joy, but these have no root. They believe for a while, and in time of temptation, fall away. And as for what fell among the thorns, they are those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of life, and their fruit does not mature. And as for that in the good soil, they are those who, hearing the word, hold it fast in an honest and good heart, and bring forth fruit with patience. Now, this is, a, this is a great scripture because it links in quite well with the fruits of the Spirit. In that last verse, it talks about bringing forth fruit with patience. And one of the fruits of the Spirit is patience. As we grow in the Lord, as we grow in the Spirit, and as we apply the teachings of the Holy Spirit, the teachings of the Lord, the walking in the Spirit ministry in our lives, then we learn and we grow in patience, amongst other things. Now, it's a good analogy, this one, too, the parable of the sower, because, again, it shows us this whole concept of patience. We are walking with the Lord. That's what we're trying to do. That's what we're aiming to do, to be able to walk with Christ. And he's likened this to a farmer who sows seed. You know, it might be a wheat farmer or a corn farmer or a rice farmer or whatever. But anyway, they sow a seed to grow a plant which they have to wait patiently over a period of time for that plant to grow before they can actually reap the seed or reap the reward of whatever the crop is that's been sown. And this is a good analogy because the farmer has to wait patiently. He can't sow the seed and then expect the next day to go out and pick the crop. And it's the same with us. It talks about those. And as for those in the good soil, they are those who hearing the word, hold it fast. So that's the first thing. You've got to hear the word and hold onto it in an honest and good heart and we can only do that through the working of the Holy Spirit in our lives and through listening to the words of Jesus and bring forth fruit with patience and that's the final stage of it first we need to hear the word the seed is the word of God so when we hear the word that's the seed being sown into our lives then we have to hold it fast like a seed actually holds fast in the ground And it's held there and waits for the rain and the sun and all of those things. And it holds fast into the ground. It takes root. And when we hold it fast, when we hold the word fast, it takes root within us in an honest and good heart. And then over time, that seed that grows in the ground, it grows up into a plant and then it bears seed or fruit or whatever it is that the seed is. And it's the same with us. As this seed, the word of God, that we're holding fast in our heart and holding on to, As it grows within us, then in time it too brings forth fruit. But it doesn't happen overnight. You have to wait for it with patience. And that's why it's such a good analogy. You know, this farming analogy is such a great analogy for the seed of the word of God taking place and taking hold in our lives. Moving on from from there, the next scripture I want to look at is in James chapter 5. And I'm going to read from verse 7 to 11. Be patient, therefore, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. Behold, the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, being patient over it until it receives the early and the late rain. And that's what I was talking about just a moment ago in that parable to the sower. And again, it's been emphasized even better in this particular scripture. And uh, we'll keep going. Um, I'll just read that scripture again. Be patient, therefore, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. Behold, the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, being patient over it until it receives the early and the late rain. You also be patient establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord is at hand so he's saying just like the farmer has to be patient and wait for the grain to receive the early and late rains so also we have to do the same thing you also be patient establish your hearts and that's like the seed taking root establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord is at hand going on verse 9 do not grumble brethren against one another that you may not be judged behold the judge is standing at the doors as an example of suffering and patience brethren take the prophets who spoke in the name of the lord behold we call those happy who were steadfast you have heard of the steadfastness of job and you have seen the purpose of the lord how the lord is compassionate and merciful and we only need to look back ourselves we only need to look back and see how these apostles and disciples um, live their lives and see the examples in their lives about this patient endurance and about suffering i mean certainly we've read about job in the book of job and we know about the suffering that he had that he was allowed to go through to test his faith and we know about the um, the situation that paul was in he was beaten five times he was well, three times i think he was beaten with rods he was beaten with uh, 39 lashes five times at the hands of the Jews. He was stoned once. He was shipwrecked three times. All of this suffering, and then he was concerned more, he was even more concerned about what was going on in the churches that he'd uh, gone out and established. He was concerned about the spiritual welfare and the spiritual health of the churches that uh, he'd set up and he was dealing with and he was working with. These were the things that really concerned him. He said, yeah, look, I had all of those things happen to me. But he said, that's not what really worries me. That wasn't what really concerned him. What concerned him was the spiritual health and welfare of the churches that he had established. And so we look at these things and we think about these things, the examples of suffering and patience, being patient. And we have to be patient like the farmer. We have to wait until the word takes root in our lives and is established in us. And then we develop these fruits and we uh, we can grow from there. The next scripture I want to look at is in Romans chapter 12, reading from verse 9 to 13. Let love be genuine. Hate what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Never flag in zeal. Be aglow with the Spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in your hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints. Practice hospitality. Now, what he's told us here, and there are some great teachings in this bit, all of these little gems, you know, that we need to uh, consider and we need to think about. But what he's told us here in that verse 12, he, he said that we need to be patient in tribulation. We are going to suffer tribulation. We're going to go through trials. We're going to be tested. We're going to go through these things. And what he's telling us is, don't get angry and don't get upset and don't throw things around and do all the sorts of things that people do when they get upset and when they go through tribulation he's saying be patient be patient learn to be patient in these things because as has been said so many other times in the bible it will pass everything that happens to us on this earth and it doesn't matter whether that's good things or bad things they will pass as time goes on these things pass and with patience We can wait until those things pass and we can thank the Lord. We can thank the Lord firstly when we're going through the tribulation because he's allowing us to suffer in these ways for our strengthening. This is why we suffer. It says in Hebrews, I haven't got the scripture here, but it says in Hebrews that uh, we will be disciplined, you know, and all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but in due course, it yields the fruits of righteousness, The thing about discipline, and the Lord disciplines his people, but the thing about discipline, it's the same thing for our children, the thing about discipline is it's not about punishment. Discipline is about training. It's about teaching us right from wrong. And when we go through tribulation, we have to learn to be patient because part of this is disciplining us so that the next time these tribulations arise, we have strength. We understand what's going on and we learn and we have learnt And then we can actually deal with those things. And we can actually use our knowledge that we've gained from going through tribulation to help others. So this is why we need to be patient in tribulation. And as he says, being patient in tribulation, we need to also be constant in prayer. Because if we're going through tribulation, we need to continually put ourselves before the Lord, hand the problems over to him. That's what he's asked us to do so that we have no anxiety and no concerns and no problems about anything. The next scripture is over in 1 Thessalonians, chapter 5, verses 12 to 22. But we beseech you, brethren, to respect those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you, and to esteem them very highly in love because of their work. Be at peace among yourselves. And we exhort you, brethren, admonish the idlers, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with them all. See that none of you repays evil for evil, but always seek to do good to one another and to all. Rejoice always. Pray constantly. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophesying, but test everything. Hold fast what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. Here again, we see some teachings at revolve and patience. And the point that he's made there is to be patient with them all. He says in verse 14 there, we exhort you, brethren, admonish the idlers. So the people who are not doing what they should, they should be working, they should be doing something, but they're not because they're idle, uh, lazy, whatever. He says, tell them off, admonish them, show them what's right. And then he talks about the ones who are faint-hearted, encourage the faint-hearted. There are people who are going to be faint-hearted. They're going to lack faith. They're going to feel faithless. They're going to be weak. They're going to feel as though everything's coming, crashing down on them. And what he's saying to them, he's saying, encourage them, help them, lift them up, give them encouragement to be strong. And he says, help the weak. Well, who are the weak? Well, the weak are often the new Christians. They're the ones who have not yet learned. They're weak in the faith. And then there are those who are weak in other ways. He says, help them. You know, Don't let them be crushed. Help them. And finally, he says in that verse, be patient with them all. And that's the thing, you know, whether they're idlers, whether they're faint-hearted, whether they're weak, they may not, first, second, third, fourth time, they may not respond to what it is that you're trying to say to them and how you're trying to help them. But be patient with them. Don't get upset. Don't get angry with them. Don't put up barriers. Be patient with them all. And we need to do that for all mankind, doesn't matter who it is, doesn't matter whether they're our Christian brothers, doesn't matter whether they're our family, doesn't matter whether they're the guy down the street or someone that you work with, be patient with them all, because we are all weak and we are all in need of a savior. The next scripture I want to look at is in second Timothy chapter four, verses one to five. I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead and by his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word, be urgent in season and out of season, convince, rebuke, and exhort, be unfailing in patience and in teaching. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own likings, and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander into myths. As for you, always be steady, endure suffering, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. Now, this was Paul writing to Timothy, and he was teaching him some things, telling him that he, he he was an evangelist and telling him that he needed to fulfill his ministry. And he talks about his work as an evangelism in verse 2, where he says, Preach the word. This is what evangelists do. Be urgent in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, and exhort. But across all of those things, he says, be unfailing in patience and in teaching. So teach at all times and be patient because there's going to be a lot of people who are just not going to listen or they're going to hear and they're going to you know, think the wrong things or they're going to argue or whatever. He says, don't let it get to you. Be patient. Be patient. And then he goes on and he gives him some examples and he says, this is what's going to happen. He's talking about a future time now. He says in verse three, for the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, They will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own likings and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander into myths. And I have to say, this is exactly what we're seeing here today. This is what we're seeing across the world. People have found all kinds of teachers, new age stuff, gurus and all kinds of things. And they've wandered into those things and turned away from the Lord. And even within the church, we find there is a population within the church that is a floating population They're not stable they just move from one group to another group to another group they're not stable because they have itching ears they want to hear something they want to hear some word that tickles their ears or tickles their fancy but they can't endure sound teaching they have itching ears but they accumulate teachers to suit their own likings so what they're doing is they're going around and they say things like or they hear things like oh have you heard this new preacher he says this that and the other thing and so they go and see him and they might listen for a while and then someone says oh there's this new guy over here and so they wander over to there and they listen to what he has to say and rather than settle somewhere they find these teachers to suit their own likings they might go somewhere and they say oh no i don't like what he had to say you know there's a lot of people who go to a church and they stop going because the preacher said something that they disagree with now that's okay You know, it's okay to disagree with what a preacher says, but you need to understand why you disagree. It needs to be in the context of what the Bible says. Now, the the preacher might say something, you may disagree with them. Well, the very next thing you need to do is go to that preacher and say, hey, listen, you said this. Where does it say that in the Bible? And if he can't show you in the Bible, then you have reason for disagreement. But if he says, oh, yes, yeah, this is quite a uh, an important doctrine. It's written in the Bible here and here, and this is backs it up and this backs it up. Then you can say, oh, OK, well, I've learnt something. You don't just walk away. You need to question. And if you still don't agree with what it is he said, then you can go to the Bible yourself. You can go to the Lord. You can pray to the Lord to give you insight and understanding. And the point of all of this, though, is in this teaching it requires patience you don't just shoot off to whoever the next uh, the next big thing is you need to be patient just as paul said to timothy that he had to be patient in his teaching then we also need to be patient in our listening the final scripture that i want to go and have a look at is in first corinthians chapter 13 and i'm going to read from verses 4 to 7 Love is patient and kind. Now, that's the first thing. We know that God is love. It says that in a number of places in the Bible. God is love. And it says here that love is patient and kind. So that means God is patient and kind too, because God is love. We'll go on. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful. It is not arrogant or rude. Love does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrong, but rejoices in the right. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. This is a great description of what love is. These are all of the attributes of love. And as you can see, they're all things that people can do. And we know, as I said before, that God is love. And so we see here that just as god is patient then so to love is patient and if we are to epitomize the love of god in our lives then we need to learn to be patient as god is patient because that's the aim in the end what we're trying to do is we're trying to grow into the image of jesus christ so that we can be like him so that we can show god's patience in our lives so a couple of things to consider can you see now the need for patience can you see from the farmer's examples that i gave earlier that it takes time for the work of the lord to bear fruit and as a consequence of that we need patience to be able to wait until his work and the work of the holy spirit in us bears this fruit just a prayer point spend a moment in prayer and ask the lord to help you to be patient patient with yourself with others and with the work that the lord is doing in you ask him to help you to understand and apply his patience in your life. So that's it for this session. In the next session, we'll look at the next of the fruits of the Spirit, which is kindness. So this is John from the freegiftfromgod.com podcast, signing off for this week, and I hope you join me again next week. And all the best, and may God bless your week ahead. Mm-hmm.